Hello and welcome to the Strikeout Central podcast. I am your host, Michael, and here we are at episode number 11 of the podcast, and we are right in the heart of baseball's playoffs with the Dodgers and Braves facing each other in the NLCS and the Tampa Bay Rays facing the Houston Astros in the ALCS. In addition to the podcast, please follow the blog at www.strikeoutcentral.blogspot.com for daily baseball posts. Now, let's take a look at the playoff results that got us to the League Championship Series where we are right now. In the American League wildcard round, the Rays swept away the Toronto Blue Jays, the Yankees swept the Cleveland Indians, the Houston Astros swept the Minnesota Twins, and the Oakland A's beat the White Sox in three games. In the National League wildcard round, the Dodgers swept away the Milwaukee Brewers, the Miami Marlins advanced past the Chicago Cubs, the Atlanta Braves swept the Cincinnati Reds, and the Padres beat the St. Louis Cardinals in a thrilling three-game series. In the American League Divisional Series, the Astros beat the A's in four games, and the Rays topped the New York Yankees in five games. While over in the National League, the Dodgers swept the Padres, and the Braves swept aside the Miami Marlins, getting us to Dodgers-Braves in the NLCS and Rays and Astros in the ALCS. Okay, so now I'd like to welcome today's guest to the podcast, MLB writer for the Wall Street Journal, Jared Diamond. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. All right, so we'll start off. uh, We've got the playoffs this season that were expanded up to 16 teams, eight per league, um, which obviously added for a lot more playoff baseball and a lot more interesting moments. so how likely in the future, because Rob Manfred had been talking about expanded playoffs, how likely is it that we might see this permanently going forward? I think it's all but certain that we're going to see some sort of expanded playoffs moving forward. Rob Manfred has not made any secret of the fact that it's what he wants. He wants to have more playoff teams than the 10 that we're used to. And honestly, I think there's some support for that among the players as well. So I'd be shocked if starting next year, there isn't some sort of permanent expanded postseason. Now that said, uh, I also would be just as shocked if it's this, if it's what we've seen this year. I had a chance to talk to Rob Manfred uh, right before the playoffs started, right at the end of September. And he even made it clear in that conversation that he has no intention of proposing a 16 team playoff on a permanent basis. Uh, that this was exclusively a concession uh, because of the short season, that this was designed exclusively for the short season and would not necessarily work with a full 162-game schedule. And look, this this weird 16-team playoffs has generally worked this year. Uh, You know, if if we sat here at the beginning of the season back in, you know, February when we thought we were going to have a full year, and I told you the, the CS teams would be Tampa Bay, Houston, Los Angeles, and Atlanta, you would go, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's sort of what I think a lot of people were expecting. The Astros were very bad in the regular season, but that's why there was a 16-team playoff. It was to allow for good teams that played poorly for two months to sort of still have a chance to compete for a title. So I think generally, all things considered, this worked okay this year. Uh, but I don't think anyone would like to see 16 teams uh, 
permanently. I think that just devalues the regular season too much, which in baseball is the last season, last thing you want to do. Yeah. Um, so now we'll move on. We'll start with the top seed in the American League, Tampa Bay Rays, um, who really have had sort of their best season since they made it all the way to the World Series in 2008. Um, definitely proving themselves with a roster of not so household names. Um, but who have been some of those biggest contributors to their run for people who don't follow the Tampa Bay Rays? I think this postseason has shown, I think first and foremost, their bullpen has in many ways carried them. Uh, Kevin Cash, their manager, refers to it as the stable. And it does seem like he has an, a limitless supply of guys that he could call upon that all throw close to 100 miles an hour from different arm angles, left and right. Uh, it's been pretty remarkable to see. And that's definitely been their biggest strength in the postseason. They have three really good starting pitchers. Uh, with Blake Snell, former Cy Young winner, Charlie Morton, and Tyler Glasnow, who have all been pretty big contributors this postseason. Of course, perhaps the story of October thus far has been uh, Randy Rosarena, an outfielder on the Rays who I think many people have probably never heard of until about two weeks ago. He is now a household name, to say the least, with the postseason he's had. Uh, what's held the Rays back is, to any extent, has been their their lineup. They've at times struggled to score runs. Uh, Brandon Lau was their best hitter in the regular season. He's really struggled in the postseason. That inability to score consistently is what's allowed Houston back into this series. As we sit here right now, it's 3-2. Two days ago, it was 3 nothing Tampa Bay. Uh, but the one thing you know about the Rays is that they are not going to give up a lot of runs. They pitch great. They play great defense. And to this point, they've been able to just scratch out enough offense to make it work. All right. Uh, so now we're going to go over to the top seed in the national league, which is um, as expected, the Los Angeles Dodgers, who after a very disappointing season in 2019 and early postseason exit, they just added another MVP to a lineup full of MVP candidates and Mookie Betts. Um, and they've been the best team in baseball as everyone has expected. Um, as of right now, they're down three games to one in the NLCS against the Atlanta Braves. So more specifically to Dave Roberts, but what might happen to some of the depth or core pieces of that lineup if they fall short of a World Series title again with basically this star-studded lineup? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, the Dodgers' inability to get over the hump and win a World Series in many ways has been uh, the story of baseball in the last five or so years. Uh, they've now won the division eight straight seasons. Uh, since Andrew Friedman took over as their, their president of baseball operations, uh, they've indisputably been the best team in the major leagues. They have won an incredible amount of regular season games. They have just dominated in every, in every conceivable way, except for the biggest games of the year in October, and it's really shocking. It, it was shocking to see them go down to the Nationals last year, and it's shocking to see them struggle now against the Braves. You know, I don't have an, an answer for why they've been unable to win a championship. They've been in two World Series. It just seems like they run into a buzzsaw at the worst possible time. So you do wonder if eventually they need to make some changes. Do I think that a manager other than Dave Roberts would have, any, ha have had any more luck? No, I don't. I don't think this is a problem with Dave Roberts. But yeah, I think at some point, if you're the Dodgers 
management leadership, you think, well, we have to do something because clearly what we're doing isn't working. The reality is though, what they're doing is working. They're winning so many games. Uh, the postseason is weird. The postseason has a lot of randomness. And I know that doesn't appease any Dodgers fans that are furious with the fact their team keeps faltering in the big spots. Uh, you know, I wish I had a better answer for that. They're not the only team uh, that's in this situation. You look at Minnesota, you look at Oakland, some of these teams that have had chance after chance after chance in October and can't seem to turn that into a championship. I think really what it tells you is just how hard it is to make it through the playoffs. It is really challenging. And, and so often your ability as a team, your talent as a team is not the determining factor as to who moves on. All right. Uh, so now we'll head over to who the Dodgers are playing in the NLCS, the Atlanta Braves. Um, they had lost a good deal of pitching talent over the regular season. They had some guys leaving free agency. Cole Hamels got injured and only made like one start in the regular season. Mike Soroka went down pretty early. So they had a lot of questions about their bullpen and overall starting pitching heading into October. They seem to have answered that pretty resoundingly. They've gotten some great performances. Most recently, Bryce Wilson against the Dodgers, who went six innings and only gave up one hit. Uh, we already knew they had a deadly lineup, but this makes the Braves a World Series contender, right? No doubt about it. Uh, look, they're, they're one win away as we sit here from going to the World Series. They're up 3-1 in the NLCS. I think it's certainly safe to say they're a World Series contender. Uh, their bullpen has been great all year, and it's sort of covered up the fact that their starting rotation is thin, although we haven't really seen that in the postseason. Uh, Max Fried has been great. Ian Anderson has been great. And yesterday's performance by Bryce Wilson was absolutely stunning. It was incredibly clutch, totally unexpected. Uh, and it's really all worked for the Braves. Their lineup is uh, maybe the best in all of baseball. It's certainly in that conversation, the top two or three, if not the best. Uh, they're a great team. The question was always going to be whether they would get enough starting pitching, especially after Max Fried. So far, they've answered that call despite the problems they had with their rotation in the regular season. Yeah, they're playing great, and, and there's no doubt they deserve to be where they are, which is on the cusp of returning to the World Series for the first time since 1999. All right, uh, so now we'll head over to the Astros who have been, who really dominated the offseason with their cheating investigation and their subsequent punishment. They made the playoffs with a 29-31 and 31 record, under 500. They struggled in the regular season, but really they've turned it on since they made the playoffs. Um, the offense has really picked it up. The pitching has been great. Um, what, what could have been the problem in the regular season? Because now they look, now they look like a world series team. Yeah. I don't think the right question ever was, uh, why are the Astros playing so well right now? I think really the right, the real question is why do they play so poorly in the regular season it was clearly the Astros are a good team. We all knew they were a good team. There was no possible way that a lineup that consists of George Springer, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, and all of these guys, Yuli Gurriel and Michael Brantley could be bad for a long period of time. Now they were bad for two months in the regular season. Now in the postseason, they're hitting the way we all knew they should hit and would hit. So that's not a huge shock to me that they're raking the way they are. Um, I'm just not sure 
baseball fans are prepared for the possibility of the Astros returning to the World Series. After everything they've gone through, the idea that this team has a, a chance, as we sit here right now, still a chance to come back from 3 nothing down the ALCS, uh, it would be quite a story if they were able to pull it off, considering all of the hatred that many fans around the country feel toward them. Uh, it, it's a pretty wild thing to see what they're doing. Not the fact they're hitting so well, that's not a surprise, but just sort of the, the overall sort of narrative of their, of their season really dating back to when the sign-stealing scheme was revealed in November. Uh, it, it's, it's really crazy that they're in this situation again. All right. Um, so now we'll head over to sort of the, the big surprise of the playoffs, the Miami Marlins. Uh, they made it as the seventh seed in the National League. Uh, they swept the Cubs in the wild card round, uh, got to the NLDS before they were pushed aside by the Braves pretty quickly. Um, and they dealt with a COVID infestation earlier in the season, which many people started to think, oh, they can't, how on earth are they going to do this? How incredible does that speak to sort of the perseverance of Don Mattingly and the Marlins? And could this be sustainable? It was a great story, uh, what the Marlins did. They had to overcome something unprecedented, uh, which is that that COVID-19 outbreak for them to come back and continue to play well and make the playoffs win a series. Yeah, it's stunning, shocking. It was, it was, really, it was really great to see. But I think really what's, what's great about this uh, this time is that when the Marlins won the World Series in 1997, won it again in 03, that was immediately followed both times by a sell-off, by the Marlins quickly reverting back to irrelevance. Uh, this is different. The Marlins are building something sustainable here. They're starting rotation. These young pitchers are truly great, uh, led by Sixto Sanchez and Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez as well. Uh, this is a Marlins team that's actually built to last, to continue to compete. And that's something the Marlins have never had. We've never seen the Marlins have two good seasons in a row. Uh, I think it's going to be different this time. Uh, so while they weren't able to win the World Series, they finally lost a postseason series for the first time in franchise history. I think the good news for Marlins fans is that uh, you don't need to necessarily worry about them going from the top to, to losing 100 the next year. It's going to be different in 2021. All right. Uh, speaking of sustainable success, uh, the Blue Jays got into the playoffs this season with their um, – young core of Bichette, uh, Biggio, and Guerrero, uh, some good starting pitching. Um, they did get swept by the Rays in the wild card round, but depending on what additions they may make this offseason, could they make the playoffs? Could they have made the playoffs in a 162-game season? I think it would have been tough. Look, I, I like what they're building. I think everyone likes what they're building. The future – is really, well, one big name is going to depend on Nate Pearson, uh, who obviously got injured this year. He's such a big part of their future rotations. We need to see how he continues to develop. And of course, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. If you remember when he came up last year, he was 20 years old, he was the thing. He was the guy. Everyone was so excited to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. The reality is he has not been great uh, since he's gone to the major leagues. He's had problems with his body, his conditioning. 
Uh, he's overweight. He's been out of shape at times. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see sort of how that, how he continues to develop as well. I think the Blue Jays are certainly building something, but look, they're in a very difficult division when you're competing against the Yankees every year, competing against the Rays. And, and despite their struggles this year, you know the Red Sox will be back before long as well. So I think the Blue Jays are going to continue to improve if they're going to make this work, but they're certainly building something that, that seems like it's going the right direction. Yeah, it could lead to, in a couple of years, the AL East being probably the toughest division in baseball. Wouldn't be a surprise. Wouldn't be the first time either. It seems like for a very long time, the AL East has been uh, the center of power in Major League Baseball, and I wouldn't be surprised ever moving back toward that again. All right. Uh, so now we'll head to the NLS, the San Diego Padres, after they won the wild card round against the Cardinals really thanks to their bullpen. Um, they got swept by the Dodgers. Um, big sort of, sort of a reason for that was their lack of starting pitching options due to Mike Clevenger and Denelson Lamette going down. Um, so what might be some starting pitching options other than obviously the big fish Trevor Bauer uh, for the Padres this offseason? Yeah, it would have been nice to have seen uh, the Padres have their guys in the playoffs against, against the Dodgers. It really stinks that they went into the postseason without their two best pitchers. The good news is they're going to have both those guys. Uh, well, we'll see what happens with Clevenger. If he ends up needing Tommy John surgery, they won't. But there's at least a chance as we sit here today, they're going to have both Clevenger and Lamette next year. Uh, look, the Padres are the most exciting team in baseball right now, as far as I'm concerned. I think anyone that watched them play in the playoffs against the Cardinals came away with a new favorite team because they play with passion. They play with energy. They have young stars. Fernando Tatis Jr. is the kind of person that if baseball could sort of create a superstar, the face of the sport in a laboratory, it would be Fernando Tatis Jr. So the Padres are certainly the team to watch. I really do believe that anyone that saw them this year came away from watching them, absolutely loving them. And I really think that's going to continue. And I, and I hope that Lamette and Clevenger are both ready to go next year. It was really a shame that the Padres did not have them in that Dodger series. All right. Uh, so the Chicago White Sox um, with manager Rick Renteria, they had probably their best season in his tenure with the White Sox, even with this being a short season. And uh, they got eliminated by Oakland in the wild card round in three games. They fired Renteria a couple days ago. Um, this happened before with Renteria in the what uh, when he was with the Cubs, he got fired, and then they hired Joe Madden, and they ended up winning the World Series a couple of years later. Um, but despite them having the best season under Renteria's tenure, was this was this really the right move? Yeah, it was surprising. I have to admit, uh, it really had that deja vu feel considering what happened with Renteria with the Cubs, as you mentioned. I don't think anyone really saw it coming. And you feel for, for Rick Renteria because, look, this is the guy now for the second straight time who brought a team to the cusp of great success and then immediately was cast aside right when the team was ready to take that next step. It's not really fair. It's cruel. Uh, unfortunately, it's sort of the way it's gone for him. And look, whoever takes that White Sox job is going to inherit a team that looks like it's ready to really go compete for a championship as soon as next year. So 
Uh, I'm sure Rick Renteria is not loving how this has played out again. Uh, it's a sh it's a shame for him because he is a good guy. He's a real baseball guy who probably deserves better than the treatment he's gotten now with both Chicago clubs. All right. Um, so the Oakland A's uh, fell short once again, even after they beat the White Sox in the wild card round. They won their first playoff series since 01. And then they got basically brushed aside by the Astros in four games. Um, probably a reason was losing one of their stars, Matt Chapman, towards the end of the season. Um, what what can Oakland do to get over the hump? Because they've they've really been struggling now for the last couple of years. Yeah, I don't think there's really a good answer to that question. The A's have been in the playoffs 11 times since 2000. They've only been in the ALCS once during that span. They have not gone to a World Series. And look, things are changing for the A's. Uh, it looks as if this time, you know, by the start of next season, Billy Bean will no longer be with the team the way things are looking. It's sort of the end of an era in Oakland. Now, I'm not saying that Bean's departure immediately means the A's are going to crumble, but the reality is Billy Bean's been a big part of that organization now for two decades, more. Uh, so you wonder what happens once he's gone and how that team develops. Look, they've had lots of chances. They've done a ton with very few resources. Uh, it just hasn't been enough. And much like the Dodgers, there isn't a good answer. Uh, there is no magic bullet. There's no one explanation to say why the A's haven't been able to get over the hump. They just haven't. And it doesn't, it doesn't help that they just don't spend money. Uh, on talent. They do this everything on a shoestring budget. That's how A's and their ownership work uh, for better or worse. And I think they've done about as well as they can given the circumstances. It just hasn't paid off in October yet. All right. Um, so we'll wrap it up sort of right now. Um, we got four teams left, Rays and the Astros in the ALCS, Dodgers and Braves in the NLCS. Uh, what is your World Series prediction? You know, going into the season, uh, my pick with Tampa was Tampa Bay over Los Angeles. That was my my pick in spring training. So I feel like I'm supposed to continue to stick to that, right? Uh, unfortunately, I just really don't believe as I sit here anymore that that's really going to happen, uh, especially the way the Dodgers are playing. So uh, while I feel very good overall about my, you know, raised Dodgers early World Series prediction, I made it months ago. As we sit here now on October 16th, uh, I like the Braves. I think the Braves are going to pull this off. They've just played so, so well. And uh, I think they, they might be the team that's sort of meant to do it this year. So we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to these games tonight. It's been a great postseason so far, and I think it's only going to get better. Okay, everybody. That is our episode for this time with MLB reporter for the Wall Street Journal. Jared Diamond, thank you so much for coming on and talking baseball. Anytime. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this very special episode of the Strikeout Central podcast with MLB writer for the Wall Street Journal, Jared Diamond. Be sure to follow Jared on Twitter at Jared Diamond. If you would like to read about baseball news by the day as it happens, then check out the Strikeout Central website at www.strikeoutcentral.blogspot.com for daily baseball posts. Stay tuned for episode 12 coming soon. 
I'm your host, Michael. Have a good day, and happy baseball watching. Thank you.